Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the I See Old People podcast. I am Dr. Bruce, your host. The I See Old People podcast is an ongoing uh, reflection on aging. Dr. Bruce is 61 years old. My birthday was in my last podcast, and it's a continued reflection on the aging process, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. It is, today is December 15th uh, in the age of madness, and we certainly are now 10 months into this absolute insanity that the world is living in today. One of the early things that I talked about in on my podcast, my, pod, my podcast has been going on for a little over a year now, is that I wanted to become a, I wanted to be a thoughtful and concerned contemporary witness to the day's events. Wow, what a year to, to, to pick a uh, task like that, to become a thoughtful and concerned contemporary witness to today's events. It's almost impossible for me to do that. There's so much misinformation out there. There's so much misconstrued information. There's so much ignorance about what's going on in the world right now. Everybody should be absolutely terrified. Uh, and when I see that they're not, it's it's very, very frustrating. Actually, something's come to my attention just today. I was working down at the soup kitchen and we were all sitting around in between tasks and we were talking and having a coffee. One of the fellows stood up and said, uh, enough of this depressing conversation. And he got up and walked away. And uh, that's the second time that that's happened to me in the last couple of weeks where somebody has inferred that the discussion was too dark. And uh, I was never that person. I was never that person. It's, it's, I, I really, it really struck home this morning uh, that maybe what I'm thinking about and what I'm talking about and what I'm engaging people in conversation with about is just... Uh, it's really negative. It's it, it, I have a negative worldview right now. I listened to my podcast for my birthday. I should have been so happy. It was my birthday. I successfully made it to 61 years old, and I was, uh, you know, in relatively good health, physically at least. Boy, I sounded like I was uh, on the verge of depression. And I've been really proud of the fact that I haven't been actually depressed this fall. I've had a really, really good fall. I had a big milestone yesterday. I I hit the six-month sober mark uh, after my relapse. So uh, on December 13th, I, I was six months sober. F fantastic milestone. But uh, I guess in the past, on my birthdays, uh, I was drinking, I was partying. Uh, yeah, I would have been a lot more jovial and, and, and happy, I guess. But, you know, you combine the fact with um, I'm not altering myself chemically like that anymore and the fact that we're living in this age of madness for 10 months now and it's hard not to it's hard to pull yourself away from it it's starting to surround you and it's and the tentacles of it all are starting to creep closer and closer to home uh, you know where before it always seemed like it was over there at first 10 months ago it was over there it was in China uh, and then it was over there it was in Italy it was in Milan and then when it when it hit North America, oh, it was in Toronto, you know, it was in Montreal, it was over there. Well, now we're in Norfolk County here, beautiful Norfolk County on the north shore of Lake Erie. It's creeping, creeping tentacles, this tyranny, this control of our lives has just crept in. It's, it's come in the form of the health department. You know, the health departments are now our new districts. If you, if you ever watch a movie that's set in Hong Kong or that's set in China, you know, they have all these districts. Each city and each province is divided into districts. So they've divided us, us up very, very similar uh, in that way. And each district then has to, ha you know, has so many 
uh, restrictions and then if you're a good district you know you have your restrictions lifted and if you're a bad district you get more restrictions Toronto's a bad district right now uh, Windsor's a bad district right now they are closed down they're locked down we are on the verge of that in our district so we all have to behave and then you know the common good the village will then tell us that we all have to shut our businesses and we all have to close our doors uh, we already can't meet. We already have to wear masks all the time. It's just, it, it, it's a shocking time for loss of personal freedom. Everybody should be concerned about it. Everybody. You can't give up your personal freedoms, your ability to control your own life, your ability to make your own living, your ability to control your own health outcomes. You can't just give that up to the state. That's absolute insanity. Absolute insanity to give that up to the state. Our personal freedoms, our medical freedoms, our, 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 our right to say what, what can and can't go into our bodies, those are fundamental rights of being a human being and being a human being in Canada. We fought for this. I get really upset about it, and I'm really careful about who I talk to about it, but I guess I just, my, my, my whole tone is just off. It's just... By the time you get done with me, or like way my wife will say to me, she said, you're getting yourself worked up. I don't want you to get yourself worked up. So, you know, she doesn't want me to get upset. I don't want to get upset. I don't want to drink again. I want this to end. I mean, I have a lot of things going through my mind all the time. I'm really happy that I'm not, I'm sleeping at least. Uh, for the longest time, I had terrible, terrible insanity, in, insanity. Yeah, I've had that for a long time. But insomnia, terrible, terrible insomnia. And, and lately, I've been sleeping well, which is good. And one thing I did was I'm trying to keep busy. I'm, I'm doing a couple of days at the soup kitchen and I'm doing three meetings a week uh, up in Brantford. I'm trying to stay busy, I'm trying to stay sober. I had a big milestone on Monday, just yesterday. I picked up my six month chip. I'm really thrilled about that. And I'm gonna just continue to carry on and move forward. Uh, my life is, uh, it, it's, it's so great to be free of alcohol in so, so many ways. I had a close call. I, uh, went, we are still allowed to have uh, concerts here in our district, uh, but it, they're really, uh, they have to be socially distanced and we have to wear a mask. And the singer, uh, it was Ron Sexsmith. He's a great, great Canadian, uh, Canadian icon really from the Toronto area. He lives in Stratford now. Uh, he came to perform. There were only 60 tickets available for the whole hall and he performed behind plexiglass. He was singing behind plexiglass up on the stage. They had the windows open to the hall. Uh, they told us to dress warm, and we even brought a blanket, which was great. Yeah, there were 60 people there. We were all distanced. Uh, we were quite, in one way, because I'm a big guy, it was pretty comfortable. But I felt so sorry for him uh, having to sing into this plexiglass. And he even said at one point, he said, I, I'm just, getting used to this but I'm looking right at my reflection and it's really weird it's throwing me off so he already had some issues with that but he was grateful for the gig he was grateful to be doing something and performing and I was grateful to go to the show and uh, I was really happy to enjoy um, you know a couple of hours of really really good music I mean the guy is is incredible he's an incredible singer uh, entertainer uh, I just loved it. So, but I had a close call there and it was of no fault of my own, but uh, they had hot chocolate available. 
Okay, so uh, my wife got a, herself a glass of wine. I got myself a club soda. We're sitting down. The show's going to start in like 10 minutes. And she says, oh, there's hot chocolate back there. I said, oh, well, that sounds good. Hot chocolate would be nice to, uh, to have before the show. She brings it over. She goes and gets it. She brings it back to me. As soon as I sip it, as soon as I touch my lips to it, because you always check hot chocolate. You don't just down it, thank God. Uh, you always check it to make sure it's not too hot. That it's not going to scald you. So I just touched it with my lips, and I could taste the alcohol immediately. It was immediate. I said, oh, my God, Susan, Susan, this thing is full of alcohol. And uh, she was, oh, no, no. Like, I mean, really, neither of us had ever heard of anyone putting alcohol in hot chocolate. Anyway, she... Um, tasted it and she said oh yeah definitely and then uh, and then it was when they announced the show the girl comes up to announce the singer coming out and she says oh and by the way there's hot chocolate back there and it's really good it's it's uh, it's spiked with a whole lot of rum so she made mint but it was there available for people to use before she announced to everybody that it was that it was full of alcohol brimming with alcohol so, uh, you know, I'm really, really, really grateful that I did not drink that hot chocolate because I would have wanted another hot chocolate and another hot chocolate and another hot chocolate. I would have drank all the hot chocolate there. Uh, they would have said, as I was staggering out, uh, drunk from hot chocolate, they would have said, that's amazing. He drank the entire container. So, of course, I'm exaggerating to make a point, but I'm just so glad I dodged that bullet. And, you know, I talked to my wife about that. I said, you, did, are you sure there was no sign or anything there saying that there was alcohol in it? And she said, absolutely not. It just said free hot chocolate. So there's something to beware of, you know, if you are an alcoholic and you are going, we are going into the Christmas season. I mean, I've always known to beware of punch, like forget about punch. And punch is spiked all the time. But you also have to be aware of hot chocolate. You have to be aware of eggnog. They spike eggnog all the time with rum. Rum balls, that's another one. And fruitcake. So those are just off the top of my head. But, I mean, there are certain foods that if you have an alcohol problem, you should avoid, especially at this time of year. So I was talking about those tentacles of tyranny that are coming closer and closer to us here, even in our little county out in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful out here, but we are really isolated from the cities. And uh, this is the country. They call this Ontario's garden. We grow everything here. Cantaloupes, watermelons, apples, cherries, ginseng, uh, you name it. We grow it, except for citrus fruit. We're just a little too far north for citrus. We can't, uh, we can grow peaches, although there's not a lot of peach trees. We can grow peaches. But uh, lemons, oranges, forget it. You got to go to the States for that. You got to go to uh, Florida for, for peach or for, uh, you got to go to Georgia for peaches, for good peaches. And then you got to go to Florida for oranges and lemons and grapefruits. I have a new favorite fruit called a pomelo. Just discovered the pomelo. It's like a giant grapefruit and it's much more watery and it's, n and it's, uh, uh, there's, it, it's not sweet. It's, it's the bitterest fruit you're ever going to eat, but uh, I love it. And, and so I've been eating pomelos. Okay, so these tentacles of tyranny are getting closer and closer, even out here in little Norfolk County. I, a very, very close friend of mine related a, a call she received from the public health department, our new district councils. And the health department called her, and uh, it was to report that one of their children had uh, there was a child in one of their children's class that tested positive so the entire class was now 
going to be put into self-isolation for two weeks and everyone is being contacted in the class. So this was the call to this person from the health department. Well, I guess you're getting an early Christmas vacation. You'll all have to self-isolate. Nobody can leave the house. Do you have any questions? This was basically how it went. So they wanted to re restrict this woman, her husband, and her two children to their home for two weeks. And that was basically the instruction that was given by the health department. Well, the woman was furious. That's how the conversation came up with me. And then we got talking about it. And I think about, you know, if this was really a public health emergency and not just a power play for uh, control of the population, if this was really if this was really about health, the call from the, the health department would have been a lot different, okay? Uh, the public health official would have called and said, we are very, very concerned that, you know, so-and-so was exposed to somebody in the classroom. We want to make sure that she's getting enough vitamin C in her diet and vitamin D. Is she getting outside and getting exercise? Uh, is she sleeping okay? Uh, what's the diet like in the house? Let's make sure there's a good food in the house and make sure that she's as strong as she can possibly be. And then we will fight this together. And your health department is here behind you to support you to get you through this crisis. There was nothing like that. It was nothing about health. There was no concern. She, this woman did not even ask my friend about her child's health status. How is your child? Does she have a cough? Does she have a fever? Does she have this or does she have that? Nothing. There was no concern. The concern of the health department was the lockdown measures, the, the restriction of movement. Okay, and I, I know the argument for that is to control the spreading of the illness, spreading of the uh, virus. But it's beyond reason. Children don't get sick from this virus. Children don't die from this virus. It never happens. Children need to be exposed to this virus. So they can build immunity to it. If there was one in the class, there should have been all of them in the class. It just doesn't make any sense. The schools are open because somebody came to their senses in this province and realized that the kids aren't in danger and the kids need social experiences and the kids can let it, you can let it spread throughout all those kids. And it would be better for everybody. It moves us all closer to herd immunity. But the health department isn't concerned about the health of these individuals because these, these individuals aren't sick. Uh, Anyway, you can see how I get going, and it's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting to me. I don't feel that the people of Canada realize how much life is not already changed. It's, it's already changed. It's never going to change back, and it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. And that's the reason people, I guess, don't want to talk to me anymore, because they, they, they must sense the hopelessness in my voice because uh, Canada is going to change incredibly. A lot of my listeners are from the States, uh, but you know, let me tell you right now that uh, when you look at Canada a couple years from now, Canada is going to look a lot like China. Canada is becoming more and more like China every day. The influence of China becomes stronger and stronger in Canada. Uh, I would not be surprised if there are advisors soon in Canada advising the Canadian government on different things if they are not already here. China's influence in our country is growing exponentially, exponentially. So if you want to look at what's Canada going to look like in a couple of years, 
take a look at China right now, highest surveillance society in the world. Everything that you do is tracked. Everything you do on social media is tracked. There's no more cash anymore. 10 years ago in China, 85% of transactions were cash. 15% were digital. That's reversed now in 10 years. 15% are cash. 85% are digital. So it's going to become a cashless society very, very soon. They know exactly where every one of their citizens are. They know what their citizens are doing. It is a complete control mechanism. And that control mechanism is coming here. And the way it's coming here is through these tentacles associated. So there, I really laid it out this time. Oh my goodness. I hope I don't get into trouble for saying those things. I really worry about that. Anyway, I'm really grateful for where I am, at least now in, in, in my journey. It's, it's been tough. Like, I mean, who could have predicted 2020 was going to be anything like it's been? Like, you could not have, you could not have predicted that. I mean, at the beginning of this year, everything was just normal. Everything was just moving along fine. And here we are now at this point where our personal freedoms are just being absolutely crushed absolutely crushed you know and here we are going into winter at least when when these lockdowns occurred in the spring we had the the longer days and the nicer weather to look forward to at least people could get out into their backyards people who had backyard pools were enjoying their pools you could get outside and and grill outside on the outside grill you could enjoy oncoming summer there was always summer coming here, what do we have to look forward to? Winter. It's not even winter yet. Winter is next Monday. And then we have three months of winter to get through. I'm sorry. I guess this is the downer, uh, the downer subject of the year, but it, it's got to be talked about. It's got to be talked about. Start to read about what is going on here. Start to understand that this virus is being used now as a tool to take away our personal freedoms. So just be on guard, be aware. You know how I have to be on guard when I go into a, a, an event now. I have to be on guard to make sure that the chocolate, the hot chocolate is okay. You have to be on guard for your personal freedoms and your personal rights. They're precious. Don't let them go because they'll never ever come back. Okay, don't ever let them go. We still have some. And we have the power of the volume of people, the people who want freedom, the people who want to be alive again. These are all the people that need to speak up. We all need to speak up. No matter how we resist this, even if it's in the most subtle way, resist it, resist it. Maintain your personal freedoms. Well, if you listen to the end, not only do I love you, but I respect you for your tolerance, and I thank you for listening to a 61-year-old guy rant on about something that's, you know, frustrating the heck out of him, frustrating the heck out of us. The society is in, has, has got some issues now that, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take decades to recover from. I, I'm hopeful, though, that we can recover. With the, with the masses, the masses are waking up. We're understanding that these lockdowns have more of an agenda than just to protect us. They are to control us. Protection and control are two different things. Thanks for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I'll tune in again when I can. This has been Dr. Bruce, and this has been the IC Old People podcast for December 15th, 2020. Thanks a lot.